2: Hey, people, my friends out there, my sisters and brothers in the Lord, and perhaps uh, maybe some new listeners, Um, I'm so excited, and I just can't hide it. (laughs) I'm not going to (laughs) sing, but I'm excited to be back on the air with you. (laughs) It's another Monday. I think that's a song, too, but I'm not going to (laughs) sing. I get to share one of my new teas with you. I promised and I said a couple of shows ago that I had found some new teas and I was waiting patiently and anxiously to share them with you starting in the holiday season. And for me, that is in November because I do not celebrate um, Halloween And so, for me, November begins my holiday season because I do celebrate and we do celebrate Thanksgiving because we have a lot of things to be thankful for. But anyway, do you want to know what my new flavor is? Because I'm sipping some right now. The aroma is good. Good, yes. Good, good, good. (laughs) Well, Let me tell you the ingredients before I tell you the name of it. Ha, ha, ha. I'm making you wait a little bit longer. (laughs) Some of the ingredients include hibiscus, roasted barley, roasted chicory, rose hips, chamomile, natural plum, and cinnamon flavors with other natural flavors, including ginger, and roasted carob. Now, how does that sound? I think it sounds like it tastes. It's very good, people. I found sugar plum spice. <laughs> sugar plum spice. And I am sipping my tea. So by now, I hope you know the drill. That means that you should have your tea, too. Um, or, you know, if you're one of those people that still do the caffeinated thing, then I guess you could have your coffee. I, I, yeah, I don't think that's good this time of night, at least not on the East Coast. It's 10 o'clock our time. But anyway, I still love you. I still love you. <laughs> so, put your feet up, relax, and prepare to chew on some spiritual food. Prepare to eat something good for your soul tonight because we are going to be talking about chastity or some might say chasteness, chastity or being chaste. That's going to be our topic tonight. It is a continuation of, of things that we've already been discussing and I plan to read some more from my book, The Story of Me. I um. Haven't done that in a, in a little while, so that is my plan. Unless I get too caught up in what I'm talking about and I run out of time or something, so that's my plan tonight. My wonderful husband, he is listening in. He's going to be helping me out a little bit with my commercial breaks, and um, if if he uh, feels inspired about anything that I say, then he'll. He'll join in, so you won't be surprised if he, if he chimes in and I just pull him on into the conversation. Okie dokie. <laughs> My husband says, where in the world did you get that from? But I know now that there's other people that say okidoki besides myself. <laughs> so anyway, talking about chastity. Being chaste prevents great pain, and suffering. I'm a witness, people. I'm a witness that being chaste and living a chaste life is a good thing. Now, unfortunately, I didn't have that um, opportunity and I didn't have that lifestyle presented to me the way it should have been as a youngster, As, as a girl. I had that gift stolen from me. I had my virtue and my virginity stolen from me. I was robbed of those things, but through Christ, I was able to regain that status. So because of that, it is very, very important to me that I stress to especially to young people especially to young women if i can stress this to you now if i can stress this to you before you make mistakes you know if this is if the, if you choose if you make choices to to lose your virginity, or to lose your chastity, you know, before marriage, oh my goodness, you will be making a huge mistake. Now, in the case of our subject, which is sexual abuse, which is incest, which is rape, you know, some some of us didn't have that opportunity, and that was beyond our means. But because of that, it is so important that I stress to you and I try to empower women with this great truth. Chastity prevents great pain and suffering. That is an absolute truth. According to the Word of God, there are many, many people that say what is truth. They ask what is truth. Um, Many people don't believe that there is absolute truth but this is an absolute and it is a great truth okay why because God says so (laughs) because he says so and when he speaks I'm telling you when God speaks it is powerful it is powerful it impacts the universe how do I, why do I know that? Because in Genesis, the Word of God says that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And at various times, he spoke and he said things. He spoke, people. He spoke the world into existence. He said, let there be light and there was light. So if he says... That being chase is something valuable, then you can bank on it. You can bank on it just as sure as your name is what it is and, and even more sure than your name is what it is, <laughs> if that makes any sense. You can bank on it. And I want to empower women with this great truth because many women have been robbed of that. They've been robbed of that truth because they have been taught through humanistic policies, through the advances of uh, women's lib, and I'm not saying that being liberated in itself is bad, but I'm saying that some of the things that went along with the, the women's movement and the women's lib, you know, perpetrated lies to women and, and basically convinced women that uh, we can be like men, not godly men, but like men who had lived unchaste lifestyles, and we can do it too, and we should, not as women, we don't have to wait around and be asked to go on dates, or we don't have to wait around and ask to be married, but we can pursue, and we can be, you know, the, the aggressors, and we can, we can give up our uh our virtue and our virginity just like a man can and and you know because they had issues with the double standard and hey i have issues with the double standard too because neither standard is according to the word of god so i want to empower women with this great truth chastity prevents great pain and suffering and the scriptures tell me that the truth will set us free. The truth will make us free. It'll set us free from the laws of sin and from the laws of death. Once we come into the knowledge of the truth, we have supernatural power. We have power beyond this earthly realm to overcome any temptation, any devastation Any evil that is perpetrated against you, that is power. That is power, people. And it's already break time. So, for my first break, you will hear from Minister Chris.
0: The story of me is a captivating and inspiring account of a woman able to overcome incest, abuse, and neglect to find a second chance at happiness. It is a story for those who have loved and been rejected, who have dreamt and fallen short, who have survived abuse, molestation, rape, or incest. The Story of Me is very inspirational for those who may see or find themselves in Jones's story. You may purchase your copy of The Story of Me online at www.authorhouse.com or any of the major bookstores.
1: Has a tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. Parents, if you feel overloaded, com.
3: everybody, this is Pete Dix of Beatles and Beyond. You're listening to George Harrison jamming in the background here as I'm preparing the next show for you. So why don't you listen to Beatles and Beyond with Pete Dix on this radio station. Thank God
2: To live a chaste lifestyle. I gotta say that a couple of times, people. It is good to live a chaste lifestyle. In the Bible, whenever God said something more than one time, He was really emphasizing that. He really wanted to make sure you knew the significance of it. So I'm gonna say again it is good to live a chaste lifestyle. Chastity is so valuable to God that in the scriptures you find that if a man falsely accused a woman of being unchaste if he basically said you know that she wasn't a virgin and she was, then that man who made that accusation would be punished, fined, and he had to restore the honor to that woman by marrying her. That is how valuable it was to God that even falsely accusing a woman of being unchaste required punishment, fining, and he had to restore that woman's honor by marrying her He couldn't lie on her because that was indeed an insult. That was an insult comparable to. Those are some of the same 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 punishments of of actual rape. A man, if a man raped a woman, he was either put to death or in certain cases punished. You know, he was scourged. He was fined, you know, and punished. Um, and then had to marry the woman, but that 's how valuable even lying on a woman was. you know even lying on a woman was 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 upsetting to god isn 't it good to know that God values your chastity I think that 's that's, that's important it 's so important for us to 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 put things back in perspective and to, and to to see the beauty in living a a sexually pure life, living a virtuous life, having strength, having character, having honor, living decently, living modestly. That's what we're talking about when we're talking about being chaste. If you are God's child, if you are a, a child of the King, if you've accepted Jesus Christ and you have been sexually violated, The Lord will heal you and he will avenge you if you let him. He will avenge you. I'm not talking about the court system. Sometimes that works. Sometimes it doesn't work. Like we talked last week, you know, even in our current court system, I don't know of any restitution and retribution that is made directly to the victim of rape. I know that the the perpetrator may get some time, you know, if he's convicted, he may do time, he may uh, lose his freedom, but I don't know of any, you know, retribution that is given to the victim, you know, if, if you all know of that, then, hey, someone, someone write me or call me and let me know of such a, of such a, of such a law or a punishment, but I just want you to know that if you have been sexually violated and you belong to the Lord or you're coming into the knowledge, maybe you've just accepted Christ and you haven't got to the place where you're ready to talk about these things yet or not. I want you to know that the Lord will heal you and he will avenge you. Now, when I talk about avenging you, even if it doesn't happen immediately, even if he doesn't do time, you know, in jail, that perpetrator, male or female, is still going to have to stand before God, stand before Christ on judgment and answer for those things that they have done in this body. The only way that they avoid that is if they also accept Christ and he forgives them of their sins. But even with that forgiveness, I'm telling you, there are still consequences that, all of us pay for for our actions because sometimes once you do certain things you just set things in motion that can't be reversed but God will give you the grace and the strength and the ability to, to walk through those things and to overcome those things. So the Lord will heal you. He will avenge you if you let Him. He will deal with it. It doesn't go unnoticed. It doesn't go unrewarded. He knows he pays attention he cares he cares about every little thing and every big thing everything that happens to us in the scripture he says that we are more valuable than the little sparrows he said a sparrow does not fall to the ground without him noticing it without him being aware of it and you are of much greater value than a little sparrow. I have to say, though, that if Jesus is not your Messiah, if you haven't if you haven't accepted his his the price that he paid for your sins, and you, and you haven't made him your Savior, if he is not your Messiah, then his healing and his restoration power. Is not promised to you it 's promised to you if you accept him, if you accept him as your mediator, if you accept his blood and, and his and, and the, the price of his blood and if it covers your sins then then his healing and his ability to restore your virtue to restore your essence to restore. The strength that you may have lost from because of being violated, to, to clear up the confusion, to clear up the bondage, the, uh, the, the lack of self-esteem, the shame, his ability to heal and restore you. it is promised to you if you commit yourself to him. If you don't, if you choose not to do that, then he can't help you because, because he's a gentleman. Unlike, unlike the perpetrators of the crimes against us and the, and the crime against me, he's not going to force himself on you. He's not going to make you. He's not going to insist. He is a gentleman. And he is loving and he is kind. He is simply going to woo you. He's going to, he's going to keep trying to get your attention, you know, through people like me, through the, through the scriptures, through people that are willing to tell you that he loves you, that he cares about you, that it wasn't him that did this horrible thing to you. It was his enemy, his enemy, which is Satan. Is the enemy of mankind as well. And that's who. Perpetrated these things against you. Through people yes. But he was the mastermind behind the plan. Okay. God will still repay. All of those. Who do not repent of their sins. This includes rapists. It includes. The pedophile. It includes. You know the, the the child molester I mean it includes anyone who has not repented of their sins, so naturally, the person who did something to you, God will repay how does he how does he repay them by eternally separating them from him if they refuse to repent if they are are unwilling to acknowledge their sin and call upon him and ask for his help, then they will be eternally separated from him. But you know what? That won't help you get healed if you, as an individual, don't acknowledge Christ. If you don't come to the place of saying, hey, you know what? The weight of this world, the tragedies, the hardships that happened to me They're bigger than me. They're bigger than me. I can't solve these problems. I can't overcome these problems within and of myself. I need you. Lord, I need you. I need you to restore me. I need you to give me back my joy. I need you to give me back my peace. I need you to help me to be able to sleep at night. I need you to wipe away the nightmares I need you to wipe away the, the, the emotional pain and, and to rid me of the baggage of my molestation or my rape or my victimization. And he'll do it. He'll do it. He'll do it because he loves you and he never wanted it to happen to you in the first place. It was not his plan. In the beginning, who created the heavens and the earth, and he created a beautiful, absolutely tropical, peaceful, harmonious garden for mankind to live in called the Garden of Eden. And it did not include sin of any kind. It did not include victimization of any kind, people. So he will. He will heal you and he will avenge you if you let him. Okay? Now concerning incest and molestation of a child, I have to emphasize again, it is never the child's fault. If you are a child, if you are a child and you somehow are listening to this show, it is not your fault. And I'm going to come back from the break, and I'm going to tell you why or more likely how this came about in your situation. But we have to do another break. And Minister Chris is going to uh, help me out in that area because he's pretty good at it. All righty? Well for some reason we're having trouble hearing Mr. Chris. He was talking about our ministry equipping the saints ministry and he was letting you know that you can write to us at vir2us1.
1: Has a tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be
0: right back after these. Mind Matters is the show that dares to ask what's on your mind. Take this opportunity to join Dr. Larry Ross, clinical psychologist, and Joan Johane, licensed clinical social worker, as they combined have over 50 years of experience in dealing with your mind. Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, only on TogiNet Radio. Vision
1: Onward is a mission, Vision Onward is passion. Vision onward is compassion. It's God's power being shown in the world today with the guidance of the Holy Spirit through Jeff Holly and his family. And now it's here on TogiNet Monday evenings at nine eight Central. Vision Onward began over three years ago when Jeff and his family felt that after sitting in a church for years, they had come to a place in their faith where they were tired of sitting around and talking about their faith. They actually wanted to do something about it. So they decided to use their time, treasures, and talents that God had blessed them with to help those who have, by no choice of their own, been born into a world of poverty. So they walked away from the American dream, which they realized is actually a nightmare, so they can help others find hope in what seems to be a hopeless world. For more on Vision Onward, go to visiononward.org. This is truly a God-led adventure of the heart and humanity. Making a difference for Christ. It's Vision Onward with Jeff Holly, Monday evenings at 9, 8 central on tuggynet.com.
3: Thank God I am free. I am.
0: We had technical difficulties, but at this time, I will give you our sponsor, Equipping the Saints Ministries, home base in Maryland. You may write to Post Office Box 1616 Clinton, Maryland, zip code 20735, or you may email us at vir2us1 at verizon.net. And here's Minister Jones.
2: It is never the child's fault. Concerning incest and molestation of a child, it is never the child's fault. Their molestation is more than likely a consequence of actions, sins committed by a previous generation. In short, the person who molest has probably been molested themselves. Maybe not 100% of the time, maybe not all the time, but the likelihood of it is great that 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 person has probably been molested themselves. If this act was not facilitated by the specific act of molestation in one's lineage, You know, if it's not, if they don't do it because they've been molested, then it was probably facilitated by some other sexual sin, like fornication, like adultery, like sexual perversion, such as men lying with men or women lying with women, someone in their lineage... Has, has these sexual sins as part of their history, um, pornography, bestiality, or prostitution, these sexual sins, these sexual immoralities have generational consequences. The consequences and the tendencies towards sexual sin are passed on through and by generational curses. The scriptures tell us that the sins of of the fathers are visited on the children to the third and to the fourth generation. So one may think that they're doing their own thing and then it doesn't. Matter uh that that you know they 've even gotten away with it, and it doesn 't matter, but not realizing that their actions can have an effect for generations to come because there is a spiritual component here remember i 'm a minister, so i 'm speaking from a spiritual perspective i 'm not strictly speaking psychological i 'm not strictly speaking. Uh, environmental or social, social, how do you say that? Sociologically, <laughs> but I'm speaking spiritually. There are spiritual consequences. Okay? At this point, let me read to you a little bit more from my book, The Story of Me let's see I'm gonna go to page 33 if any of you are out there and you've got the book Um, and this this uh, section is talking about a time when uh, we had been in a shelter I was in a shelter because of the abuse that was happening in our home we were taken from our parents and we were put in a children's shelter and so I'm gonna pick up right at the end of that time um, And I just want you to pay attention to some of the things that were going on in my life. Now, this was after I had already been abused by my father, physically, sexually, mentally, emotionally. We ended up in a shelter, and here we go. After some time, we left the shelter. We were placed in the home of family members. The oldest two, my brother and I, went to my grandparents' home. The next two went to a great aunt's home. The youngest somehow stayed with my mom. This period of time did not seem significant to me. I don't remember much involvement or supervision on the part of my grandparents. We had a lot of freedom. I acted out at times. I had a few fights for stupid reasons, mostly because other people said, she said this about you, you know, The he say, she say thing. I cut school a few times. We were permitted to go to parties. Not birthday parties, but house parties. House parties, I'm ad-libbing right here. House parties that I remember, you know, here I'm between the ages of uh, 12 and 13. And we were at house parties with adults with people that were over 20, over 21, drinking, you know, drugs, uh, you could smell the weed. Okay, we were permitted to go to house parties. I tried weed and got drunk at least one major time. I think I talked about that in one of my earlier shows. (laughs) That one time was enough for me. I was so embarrassed when my friend and my young aunt told me what I had done that I told myself I never wanted to be in a situation where I was out of control again. I had the worst hangover, and I was so sick. My grandmother had no idea what my problem was. I was a loner at times, and I was also a follower at times. Because I was also quiet, I was not good at expressing myself. My behavior was misunderstood. The most significant events that I remember from this period are that our house caught on fire and I experimented with a few boys. You know, you often hear about women becoming or young girls or teenagers becoming promiscuous. I experimented with a few boys um, in, in different sexual ways, even at that age, because of the violations that I had experienced. Um, My grandparents apparently felt that I was a problem, so they sent me to stay with some other relatives. That time continued to seem insignificant to me. I shared a room with my little cousin. She had a beautiful room, and they had a beautiful home. I don't remember anything special happening there except the day my uncle threatened to whip me. I was around the corner, sitting on the grass at my friend's house after riding my bike over there. I must have stayed too late. When I got home, my uncle had the belt in his hand. He told me to go to the backyard because I was going to get a whipping. My aunt begged and pleaded with him not to whip me. I had already made up my mind that I was not going to give him or anyone else the satisfaction of making me plead or beg for anything and that I wasn't going to cry. He did not whip me because of my aunt's pleading and begging. Instead, he talked to me. And in that talk, I learned why he was truly upset. He thought I was hanging out with some boys because my cousin told him that some boys had come to my window one night. I told them I couldn't talk and they left, but that didn't mean anything. Their daughter, who was probably around five years of age, told them I had some boys at my window that meant I was fast. In those days, that's what we called it. When young girls, you know, were, were, were believed to be too grown acting, you know, doing things that adult women were doing, they were called fast. The, the boys were called mannish. When little boys were acting too old, you know, and flirting with girls, and they were called mannish. But we were called fast. And so they had ceramized and, 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 and concluded that I was fast because some boys had come to my window. I had also made the mistake of telling my aunt that a boy that I thought was cute offered me some beer. I didn't accept his offer, and nothing ever occurred between us, but I was naive, and I didn't know that you shouldn't tell grown-ups this type of thing it is the same as if you had committed the offense i let him believe what i felt he wanted to believe so i was i was becoming hardened i knew the truth and i knew that i i hadn't done anything out of line i was sitting on the grass hanging out with some friends but because of what you know his daughter had told him that there were some boys at my window he just he just jumped to the conclusion that i was that i was being fast and i wasn't going to plead because i had done that i had done that in my home i had done that with my father and i wasn't going to plead i wasn't going to beg him or her i wasn't going to try to defend myself i was becoming hardened I was was becoming hardened in my heart, and I had already made up my mind that even if he whooped me, he was going to have to whoop me really hard, because I wasn't going to give him the satisfaction. That's the way I saw it. I wasn't going to give him the satisfaction of crying, showing any emotion. Sometime during my ninth grade school year, my mother petitioned the court to get us back. They granted her petition and transported us from Northern California to Southern California. My uncle, who was a pimp, drove us to our new home in his fancy, nice car. Okay, that was about a page and a half from one of the chapters in my book. And I read that because I want to paint you a picture of a lifestyle that is not according to God's plan for us and how these, this type of lifestyle can open the doors. Now, like I said, the doors had already been opened in our home because my father had already molested me. But here I went to a home where there was very little supervision, where there was very little involvement in my Day-to-day affairs where I was pretty much on my own, where I was hanging out at adult parties, um, seeing things and being exposed to things that I had no business being exposed to, where even when the the courts decided to give my mother another opportunity um, at putting her family back together, our transportation to that new home was my uncle who was a known pimp. So that is not exactly the description of a chaste lifestyle. Through no fault of my own, but those kind of events, those kinds of situations are conducive are basically just like lighting a match Ah, I'll be back after the break.
1: (laughs) Has the tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. Innovation and insight, problems and solutions, capitalizing on your ideas and efforts. That's all a part of changing the world one invention at a time with Rick Rowe. Thursday evenings at 6, 5 central on toginet.com. Rick will be sharing stories of innovation, invention, inspiration, and overcoming obstacles with guests who have been there, done that, and are doing that. Rick will be asking the right questions, helping you identify the real problems, and showing you how to act on your ideas by increasing consumer confidence, and more importantly, increasing your confidence to act on your ideas. For even more information, go to thinktech, that's T-E-K, globally.com. Then join us as Rick and his guest teaches how to develop new ideas and create new products, new businesses, new jobs. And together, let's get our economy growing again. It's changing the world one invention at a time. With author and inventor, Rick Rowe. Thursday evenings at 6, 5 Central on toginet.com. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Be here for Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer.
2: It is so important, people. It is so important to follow God's plan for family living. What I was describing to you before the break was in no way, shape, or form according to God's plan for the family. You know, we were split up because of the devastation, you know, of the rape, of the incest. We were split up. My siblings and I were split up from one another taken from our parents, put in in separate homes. And then even in those homes, we were not nurtured and, uh, you know, watched over and and cared for. So the environments that I found myself in, on top of the bad situation that I had come out of, Nothing like, nothing like God's plan for family living. God's plan for family living, it, it provides pro- protection. It, it's built-in protection from the infiltration of sexual sin into our homes. It's built-in. It's a built-in safety net because you have the Father Who's the head, whose job is not only to provide, not only to be the provider, you know, the, 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 the breadwinner, so to speak, but also to be the, the watchman, the protector, you know, to, to look out for the family, um, to be that example to the, to the son, to the daughter. You have the father, then you have the mother, who's hopefully tag teaming tag teaming with the father and mothers are or if they're in 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 tune and if they're living according to god's plan you know we're very insightful we can be very insightful we can be very spiritual beings you know mothers will pick up on things and and just sense things in their spirit in a way that fathers can't do mothers will will nurture mothers will pray you know i'm talking about a godly woman here because because i didn't have that and i didn't have the true form of that in my in my extended family in my in my grandparents uh, we didn't i didn't have that but i know it now i know it now and i know from experience now the things that god has revealed to me regarding my own children even you know, as I endeavor to be that watchman, as I endeavor to be that nurturer and to stand watch and to guard them and to, to build them up and to nurture them. So God's plan, God's plan for the family, it's, you know, I, I remember, of course, because I was abused and everybody doesn't have this response, but because I was abused, thank God, I had I had the response of being probably overprotective of my daughter when she was born and when she got uh older i didn't let her go do sleepovers and i didn't let her go hang out with her cousins um on 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 her father's side or my side of the family just because they were family i knew better i knew better and I knew family family in itself didn't mean anything to me, just family alone didn't mean anything to me by that point. I knew that unless you were talking about a godly family, a family that put God first and I mean truly sold out to the Lord, and you know we are following in his footsteps it, family doesn't it is that's where most incest occurs is in the family the family that doesn't belong to god i'm not talking about religious but i'm talking about people that have a true relationship with god that's where most incest occurs so i was i was aware and i didn't let her go to sleepovers i didn't let her go spend the night you know some of her relatives would tell me that i was too protective and you know you should let her do this you should no i knew better and, and I believe because of my own abuse and because of the fact that God was, uh, th- my relationship with God was really important by that time in my life. And He began to give me insight and wisdom on how to nurture my own child, you know, and how to, to truly be a mother, which includes being a protector. So it provides protection from the infiltration of sexual sin in our homes. You may say or ask how I can say this, how I can say this when I was raised in the church, yet my father molested me. Well, I can say it and I can say it emphatically that my parents did not continue in God's plan for their life. You know, they raised us in church before all hell broke loose in our home. Before everything fell apart, they raised us in church, but I would have to say now that they had uh they had religion more than they had a true encounter with the Lord, and even with that, they did not continue in it. If this is not something that you can start and stop, matter of fact, if you stop, if you decide after being introduced to Christ, that you no longer want to walk with him, the, the, the chances of you regressing and going further into sin are greater. You will not simply stand still. You will not simply just mark time. You will regress and you will find yourself opening doors to things that you, that you never probably expected. And you will find yourself more miserable than had you never ever, you know, met the Lord, okay? So I can emphatically say that my parents did not continue in God's plan for their lives. My father was guilty of sexual sin and he himself confessed to my mother that he was molested by an aunt when he was a boy. And here's the key. He never got delivered or healed of his emotional and spiritual wounds. And he started with the Lord. Because I, like I said. We were raised in church. We started out. I had, a, I had a strong foundation in church. But he didn't continue. He didn't continue. For whatever reasons. I'm sure the enemy probably. You know told him. What's the use. I'm sure. You know because. Even in those days. And even now. I think a lot of churches don't want to deal with these kinds of issues in people's lives. A lot of churches, pastors, leaders don't know how to deal with these kinds of issues in, pers- in people's lives. They don't know how to help you get past this point. And so many Christians even, in, many people who, ha- who are believers in Christ still suffer with the bondage of their abuse, still suffer with the torment of their abuse, don't know how to get free from that. And that is why I believe that the Lord has given me to write a follow-up book to my book, The Story of Me, called Overcoming Sexual Abuse. And I mentioned to you, uh, I think it was last week, that it is in in, um, the design stage right now. Actually, they've told me that it should be live in approximately two weeks from now. It should be live and available. And I promise you that when it is available, I will let you all know that, that there is a way to overcome this abuse. And it starts with talking about it. It starts with talking about it. And then that's, that's only the beginning, people. My father never got delivered or healed of his emotional and spiritual wounds and what did he do he acted out and he perpetrated those actions on his children on his family okay so incest molestation and rape are directly related to the sins in one's lineage whether it is the victim Or the perpetrator's lineage doesn't even matter. These atrocities are characteristics of and consistent with being under a curse. Talking about generational curses. I'm talking about the fact, like I said, that the sins of our fathers and the sins of forefathers are visited on the children. To the third and fourth generation. But. You can overcome it. You can overcome it. If you know someone that has happened to. They can overcome it. Through Christ. You may run into people. I'm sure that are, that, are, that are not Christians. That are unbelievers. Who have managed somehow to deal with what has happened to them. But I say to you. That that's not enough to deal with it. It's not enough to overcome it in the secular sense. But you want to overcome it spiritually. So that after this life is over. And after you've overcome the, the, the tragedies of this life. Then you have eternal life. To look forward to. You know you want to you want to conquer it in every way shape and form. You don't want to just you know get through this life so to speak and then be eternally separated from god what point what's the point in that what's the benefit in that so i'm encouraging you to overcome it by accepting christ as your savior and seeing what healing and restoration he has to offer because it's complete It's complete. It's not lacking in any way. It is complete. It is a process. And I'm running out of time, people. And I hope that I've said something that, you know, has inspired and encouraged you tonight. And I hope that you will come back with us on Monday. Because I am free. Thank God I am free. I've been washed. In the blood of Jesus Christ, and I am free. I'm not the same woman I used to be, and I want the same thing for you. Bless you. Love you. Good night.